Welcome to The Disenfranchised, helping you to find a career path away from employment by exploring the franchise community. My name's Ed Pennell, and I'll be speaking with the entrepreneurs, experts, and leaders from across the franchise community, discovering their life stories and hearing their tips for success away from the typical nine to five grind. On this episode, I'm speaking with Gregory Deason, a franchisee for the cat sitting brand known as the Cat Butler. So Gregory brought his Bromley-based Cat Butler franchise in 2021 after COVID obliterated the high-end coffee machine market in which he had worked for many years. Being at home during this time made Gregory realise that he actually wanted to work for himself and spend more time at home with his wife Romina and their seven-year-old son William and their two cats Loki and Freya. I think a lot of people must have had the same feelings during the pandemic and while some will have acted upon this by changing what they do for work, I think that a lot of people must have had the same feelings during the pandemic and some acted upon this by changing what they do for work. But I know that many of you will be wondering, why a cat business? Is it really viable on a full-time basis? Don't people just get their neighbours to feed their cats? Well, it's questions that I uh, felt we had to ask Greg, so I'm going to do that in this interview. So get ready, because here comes my interview with Gregory Deaton, the Bromley-based franchisee of The Cat Butler. I hope you enjoy it and I'll catch you on the other side. So, Greg Deaton, welcome to The Disenfranchised. How are you doing today? I'm Beachy, thank you for asking. <laughs> Good, I'm glad to hear it. And um, it's, it's nice to be speaking with you again. We, we caught up before this and uh, had a good yeah. chat and have... Uh, some some common interests i think in in terms of our backgrounds and i think your father was in the oil and gas right. industry and music industry as well, I I believe, so we, we have a common interest music there you go. is yeah. exactly exactly so um i'm looking forward to this conversation and getting to know you and um your, your business a bit better really so i'm going to start the, the same place i start with everybody and that's just to find out what was your first job? First job, um, straight out of university. I did a, a biochemistry degree, um, but that's because that was, I just fell into that really. No particular interest. Had fun doing that. Spent most of my time with my rock band <laughs> rather than study. Um, but of course, you know, uh, you know, uh, the cold hard reality comes into play and you have to have something to, to, to support yourself. Of course, now I'm, I'm in London. Um, and so my first job that uh, I found was as a sales, uh, advertising sales executive with uh, a company called Haymarket Publishing. Um, Haymarket, uh, and the specific magazines, it was monthly magazines. And yeah. this was like in the 90s. It was a great time for that sort of, uh, that sort of enterprise. And, and, and I was actually working on classic car magazines. Um, so okay. yeah, so, so yeah, Very I, I nice. won't name the titles, but they are household name titles. We ended up going to the Birmingham NEC, doing car shows, and um, getting into lots of trouble. Trying <laughs> 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 to try, try get into the uh, the, the Lagondas and the Ferraris, and yeah, and so forth. You know, that, that was yeah, fun. Wow. They're, they're the clients, of course, and you know, so you know, you, you talk to them, and you get to you, you get to play with the cars. So that was good fun, so, and, and did that. Uh, for a number of years, um, and that was my first job. So, yeah. so um, you say in London, but um, your your accent suggests you might be might have been born somewhere Does else re- first. So, oh, <laughs> right, okay. Well, it's okay. Fair enough. I, I get that. A lot of people just assume I'm Canadian, uh, which I'm not. Uh, I'm I'm genuinely I'm one of those genuine Anglo Americans. So, 
Uh, I, my father, my sister, in fact, uh, we're all from Texas, Houston. Uh, okay, my yeah. mother is from uh, Croydon. About <laughs> 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 that. Yeah, yeah, and the worlds collide, yeah. After, That's cool. after the Second World War, basically, in the early 50s, my mother was a child, clearly, at that time. And uh, she, well, her, her father initially went over to the States because there was no work, um, and he needed work. And it was austere times, something that we all can relate to nowadays. Um, and yeah. he had a friend over in Houston. He took the, the long uh, ship journey, so it wasn't flying. It was by boat. And went there, and six months later, he got himself set up, and, and his whole family went over uh, with him. And that was basically how it happened. They became naturalized American. My mother's now Anglo-American, if you like, so she's got both passports, both sides yeah. of, the, uh, of the pond. And so clearly, she, she met my father out there, had us, and then, uh, ironically, my father's job brought us back. So, uh, <laughs> and, and they, uh, uh, when I was old enough, uh, my parents ditched me here <laughs> and went to... Really? Fair enough. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> Why not? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, that, so, so the the first job then um, in in sales. Um, I think it sounds like you were in a pretty cool industry, to be honest with you. Classic uh, cars. A, um, yeah. Consider. I mean, if you were really into classic cars, and you know, it, it was fantastic. You know, because you were exposed to you know all these wonderful vintage veteran classic yeah. cars. You know, and, and that sort of thing. And and, and you know, if you're that type of person, what's not to love, you know? And of course, you always, as a magazine, as a, as a publisher, you know, make, making these, you know, high street uh, publications, you're always going to have your own stand at the big, uh, big events. And so uh, us as humble sales execs, we're able to, to join in. Yeah, no, it sounds quite cool. <laughs> sounds interesting, but it's a bit, a big contrast from the biochemical engineer that uh, you, bi- you mentioned yeah, there. I mean, uh, as, as I tried to explain, um, the, the nature of the beast, in, in, at least in the UK, is the fact that, you know, when you're 16, you do your, your O-levels or whatever the equivalent is. Nowadays, you might do uh, 10, 11, 12 subjects. And depending on how well, like I said, you're only, you're only 16. You don't necessarily know what you really want to do yeah. with your life. You do that, and whatever you've done well in, the school, or in my case, the school said, oh, well, then you should go and do A-levels and that. So, down to three yep. so that ended for me that ended up being sort of like biology and chemistry as, as part of the a levels i did and then you're effectively railroaded into a particular um degree if you're going to go on to further education yeah. so i ended up doing biochemistry because I, I, so, I had a natural ability with it but not being funny to do. <laughs> it, was it like, wasn't the dream yeah for me. <laughs> You know, when I was 14, 15 years old, um, and, and, and that's just what happened. So you, you get out the under end of that. Don't get me wrong. I love a lot of the people that I went to university with. I mean, they, they did indeed go on to have research jobs or, or doctorships or whatever it is, did their um, uh, PhDs and so forth. But that wasn't going to be for me. So um, I, I, I went off and did uh, uh, did what I did, you know, in sales. And that was something you could just walk into. And if you could prove yourself to be uh, any good at it, then you stuck with it. And I and I did. So <clears throat> did you have like a, an idea of what you wanted to do at that point? So, you know, you've experienced sales by this point and, and classic cars. Uh, so that, that was just something, truthfully, there's, there's nothing glorious about it. That truthfully was just something that was available and something that I could do um, at the time. Because I'm still in a rock band, you see, so, <laughs> really. <laughs> and, and it was me with a whole bunch of other guys, you know, in um, shared accommodation, 
in the East End of London doing what you did, you know? And uh, so there wasn't really much thought process behind it. It was just how, how much uh, how much do I need to pay the rent and buy the beer, you know? So, uh, and that's what we did, you know? Later on down, you know, so like I said, three years later, then of course, you're growing up a little bit more, you, you want to improve your lot. And, and so I uh, left uh, Haymarket Publishing because I wanted a life on the road. So I, I was never going to be an office environment type of guy. Um, I, I, I decided that, you know, twitchy fingers and I, I just want to get it out and about. And so I did act, actively apply for um, uh, sales uh, management uh, positions or account management positions, um, which led me on to um, uh, other things, which meant that I could actually see face-to-face customers on the road and uh, for 30 years. And that was in uh, the, the commercial coffee machine business. Um, so and I was doing that as a new, new business consultant. Um, and ultimately, towards the end of uh, that career path, I was then with a small company. Uh, and I was actually just running it as a sales management position um, because I had a lot of uh, experience by that time. Uh, and then the pandemic yeah. hit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that shook up everything, yeah, didn't it? But um, with that, with that career, then, so what, what, what bits of it did you enjoy? Because uh, from the sounds of it, there's a, a large chunk of your career, right? You were doing the, yeah, the I mean, coffee sales, account management type role. Absolutely. So yeah, what was it you enjoyed? I mean, what, what you, I mean, the the big thing about it is the fact that um, as a sales career in, in in the industry that I was in. It wasn't salesy, 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 like, you know, um, a used car salesperson, really pushy, pushy. Um, that was never yeah. what I was about. It was a very consultative process. You know, the customer, you, you wouldn't go looking for customers. They would come to you. Okay. And once they have come to you, then your whole role, there, there was no commission involved. It was just, you know, you were salaried um, and you were on the road. And the best thing about it, from my point of view, is the fact that, you had a lot of flexibility, you know, and there, it wasn't office hours. It's whenever you needed to be, wherever you needed to be, you do it and you take the time to do that. So, so really, um, the flexibility, the fact is I was working from home rather than an office. I like driving, maybe harping back to the classic car days. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, and at one point I was literally doing about 350 miles a day. Okay. Um, and, wow. and you, it also, even though I'm working for a corporation, a blue chip corporation, every individual account manager really run, ran their territory as if it were their own small mini business. And I like that. And I like the fact that sure, you have to be on the phone um, and, and, and so forth, as I did back in my advertising days, it was all on the phone back then. Um, yeah. But this now enabled me to get out about and meet people. And I think a lot of people like that. If you're that sort of character, you enjoy meeting new people, learning about different businesses, of course, because it's a horizontal market. It's not I'm in coffee, uh, coffee systems and I'm only dealing with people in coffee machine uh, markets. No, I'm talking to, you know, car dealerships, accountants, you know, hospitals, um, charities, um, gay bars, everything, you know, so. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And my territory was um, great swathes of London, but also included Essex, Hertfordshire, Bedfordshire, Buckinghamshire, and at one point Northamptonshire. Um, not that I cared that much for Northamptonshire, to be honest with you, because the way it's connected is a bit <laughs> weird. Um, but uh, yeah, but but there you go. So on the road, driving away, you know, in the sun, sunglasses yeah. on, and he said, "Oh, look, that's a sales road." You can tell, you know. <laughs> 
Yeah, but the, the, like you say, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's the it's kind of the nice kind of sales, isn't it? it Where you're not is, kind yeah. of just hammering the phones yeah, and, and chasing after people. Was, yeah. I mean, quite right, you know. So like I said, it wasn't it it wasn't commission based. You were salaried. You had the company car and all that lovely stuff, and it was um, consultative. So like I said, somebody goes in there, and typically you're not sat there like pushing, pushing, pushing. You're sitting there. You listen, really. Um, you listen to them. And then you take your experience and, and, and your knowledge base and, and, and uh, what's available to you, and you try to marry that up with them specifically and what they're yeah. telling you that they would like. And the whole point I, being the fact that they come away with something that really genuinely works for their business and, and makes them happy. And it also helps um, when you're talking about coffee machines. It's not the same as like franking machines or photocopiers, other capital equipments. This is something that the actual employees are genuinely interested in. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking the cappuccino and you get the old, you, you, we used to demonstrate the system, uh, you know, at their place, you know, you, you have the little miniature machines, miniature replicas, you could do that. You'd always get some bozo out there says, who does it do a gene t And says, oh, I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> oh, yeah, whatever. Okay. So, <laughs> it is fun. And, and, and I have to say, during summer, like I said, you're out and about, you know, I had I made sure there was a yeah. in my car and the sunglasses on. You really do look the part. <laughs> it's, it's cool, though, because I, I think... Um... I like what you said there about uh, or a little while ago about it being a, a biz like treating it like your own mini business it, because it I, I kind of felt the same when I was working in recruitment mm. is that yeah. I've got all these clients no one else has generated these clients they're kind of mine and I'm servicing them and you know dealing with any needs that they have coming in and kind of felt do I need anything outside of this almost you know I've, I'm, I am the kind of business yeah. I've got my own little mini business yeah, um, which is which is interesting and I, I want to come back to that in a moment but I want to go back to that point that you said first about uh, the pandemic. So what, what happened oh, in the I, pandemic then? Yeah, well, okay, let me, you know what, Ed, the simple truth is you could probably, it's not rocket science, you could probably predict it yourself if I told you. You simply say, where are my customers and who are they? When I was a sales manager over at, uh, so I've moved on from the big corporate, I was now in a smaller um, uh, enterprise, okay, a smaller company. And I'm yeah. like running the show on the sales side, um, which, of course, is, is, is great for me. <laughs> I make the yeah. rules. You know what I mean? Um, but, of course, as a company, our target audience, our, 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 our customers, they're all largely. I mean, it's London and home counties, okay, north of the River um, Thames. Um, and that was our large area. But the vast majority was going to be city, West End, you know what I mean? That sort of area, the business district, Docklands and so forth. If the pandemic hits you and your whole existence is predicated on the fact that you have human beings every day going into an office and then leaving of of an evening, if they're no longer going to the office, where's the need for that piece of kit? Yeah. Where is it? It's gone, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's gone. Um, The actual sales of the equipment itself, um, I don't want to give you a, a lesson in the commercial viability of coffee machines, but basically, yeah, you make a bit of profit, whether they purchase it, release it, whatever. But you make some profit on there. But that's not really what this industry is about. It's the consumables. So the coffee that goes through it. Yep. That's the, if you want to call it, the repeat business aspect of it, you know, on a week by week, month by month. That's really what's paying the wages and, and, uh, and, and so forth. And if all that dries up, then you're kind of like, you're stuck. 
Um, yeah. See, see, what I think should have happened is those companies, or all companies, should have just given everyone a coffee machine at home. Yeah. <laughs> that, they, yeah. Then you could have gone the other way for you. Yeah. Well, the, sadly, there's a distinction between commercial business machines um, and then private domestic machines. Now, I've got a private one right here. Costs all of about four hundred pounds. It's proper bean to cup, and it's great. It won't do milky cappuccinos and all the rest of it. It's not that sophisticated. Just black only. In there, you're talking about up to possibly about 15 grand for a single machine. Because yeah, I'd, it, I'd be all right with that. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, course, yeah, you would. <laughs> you would, certainly. Um, and we like that. For the client, yeah. Yeah, wouldn't. I mean, no, our business, Obviously. We, didn't, we didn't sell domestic machines. We only did the, the commercial yeah. ones. So there was no way we could have translated our business over to domestic market. Um, it, it just didn't, wouldn't work because we also um run operators and these are the guys who are going out filling machines if that's the nature of yeah. uh, of the deal um delivering so you, you couldn't employ them particularly on a domestic front also we have the in-house um uh technical engineers to service yeah. the machines because it's a professional warranty attached to you. you don't get professional warranties with domestic machines you simply have to stick it in a box send it off and wait for two months for it to be returned <laughs> you know so it's a different it, yeah. it's, it's a different uh, business model sadly for us but uh, it is what it is yeah okay so uh, so obviously that's had a big impact i'm a, i'm making the assumption here that probably redundancies kind of looming there then really isn't it you know it's, it's um, business closing down one. it's an interesting one uh the lads at the office who, who the owners of the company they're not comfortable letting me go entirely you know so um by the book i'm i'm sort of technically employed by them on a consultancy level for one day a week um but we just generally don't have that much to do don't i think the simple truth is it's their own decision to do that and i go okay fine I'll stick with it because, of course, we've, we've developed over the 10-odd years that we've been together, you know, a good coast and patico. Um, whether they're going to like continue that, I think it's just simply hope against hope that things will actually improve, the climate will change, and, and then they'll be able to actually get me to do more. I think that it's more likely what's going to happen is that ultimately um, we're going to say, look, let's just knock this on the head. This is just not going to work um, in the way that it used to. Um, I'm no longer going to be going out on the road visiting customers, frankly, but I will do things for you, um, quote, talk to people on the phone, for example, do the uh, the, the huge um, emails and talk to the manufacturers and the, and the technical people just to make sure everything's right, get the site surveys arranged. I could do all that from home and rather than pay me a wage, if it's a, if it's a sale, I'm going to get some commission off you. That might be where we ultimately end up with that, you know, but I just don't see it ever returning to the way it was prior to uh, the pandemic. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. So how did, how did you get from that situation then to where you are now um, running, running a business cat sitting? Cause it's, Quite different. I guess there's a bit of the, the kind of going out and about stuff yeah. that's there. You but know, you know, um, uh, you, I'm, I'm, I just wanted to kind of say uh, there's coffee franchises out there, right? Um, so in yeah. my head, the kind of natural transition, if you're going to invest in a franchise is yeah. well, go and get a van and go around no, to no, some no, of these no. sites. I, 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 I get it. I, I understand where you, why you, you'd ask the question. Um, in terms of actually getting into a coffee franchise, um, the reason why I didn't do that is because I've worked in the business and I know 
not to do that. I'm happy <laughs> to work in the business. I'm not happy to run one, okay? Because right. um, given what I've told you, the nature of this in, in the commercial machine world, you have to start properly, not, not freelance or anything like that, um, sort of self-employed. You have to start employing technical staff, um, operating delivery staff, and, and so forth. And it, it's a bit of a minefield. And really, it takes up so much of your time. And I'd have to sort of like train myself, retrain myself, because I've always been on the sales side of things. I have a great deal of understanding about the, the equipment, but please don't let me loose with a spanner. Um, I'm not going to get involved <laughs> with that. And I, I wouldn't want to start having to handle the service aspect of it, particularly. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just just not going to be for me. And as a franchise, it, it's going to be significantly more expensive to buy into one of those and your overheads, the setup overheads that you'd have to to do. You'd have to be buying the equipment from the manufacturers, arranging it for it to be shipped over, and then arranging technical staff to service it where it needs installed. It's a minefield, okay? And I don't have time to be doing that, you know? Um, I wanted something which was simple with as minimal overheads as possible that I already know as a character, I have the sort of the, the demeanor, the nature to be able to manage it right without having to have any massive specialist training or, or infrastructure uh, investment. So the, 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 the Cat Butler franchise stood out to me. I mean, I, I've told you already I mean, at one point when um, growing up, we lived in Aberdeen and, and we had seven cats or six, no, five cats, sorry. I think it was seven. I think we might have, <laughs> actually, I think we probably got a couple of strays. <laughs> but um, yeah, <laughs> so, so cats have been with me and I've always loved and enjoyed the company. We have a couple ourselves. Um, and, and like I say, it, you can genuinely work from home and you can genuinely do it, at least to begin with, on your own. Your, your, your biggest investment really is simply the, uh, the gas in your car. You know what yeah. I mean? So that that's where we are. I'm, I'm assuming that's where, why you're asking me the question. What what would tip me to go towards cat, but rather than trying to stick stay within the the industry that I was brought up on, if you like. Yeah, ex exactly. But, I guess. Um... Don't do it, by the way. Ed. Do not <laughs> off the machine. But don't do it. <laughs> I mean, no, no, I'm not. I'm no. not planning to. Don't <laughs> worry, I'm not planning to. But yeah. um, I'm just the, the the reason. Yeah, I guess I'm asking is because. So you, you come from a fairly corporate world and, um, you know, it sounds like you've got some skill sets that could transfer into any business, really. You know, when yeah. you, you're, you're used to so managing clients I, so and sales. I enjoy the product and believe in the product. I won't sell something that I don't believe in. It, exactly. So, um, yeah, it just seems like um, I'm thinking some, some other people that might be listening to this, they might be going, is that really the, the direction I want to go into? You know, mm. is, is cat sitting? But I, I I guess when you look at it, it's got a lot of those elements that you actually already know that you enjoy. It, uh, the, the getting out and about, managing clients' expectations, yeah. helping them with any yeah. problems that they have, not heavy sales. You know, yeah. it's not like you're trying to upsell yeah. uh, shampooing your cats at the same time or something <laughs> like that, are you? You know, it's, 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 it's what it is kind of service, quite simple um, and manageable from home. And as you say, starting off, it's, it's something you can do on your own. So that's, that's pretty cool. But, um, how did you how did you find um, the cat butler? That that might be an interesting thing to understand. Google, 
<laughs> Talk, oh, what did you type in then? Just franchises that are available? Or? Absolutely, no doubt you're looking for something wild and wonderful. It's not going to happen. It was <laughs> simple. Um, there's a site, I can't remember the name of the site. It, it's basically um, franchises for sale, your, your local franchise. Something sale, like that, yeah. Our website. And, and, you know, obviously they have various affordability tiers, of course. And, our, our circumstances were such that we, we, we couldn't go and buy McDonald's for a couple of million, no. Um, but we could afford uh, the price tag um, that the cat butler was at. Now, there was a, there were other ones. There were other franchises that were available. Um, some of the... They just didn't feel tangible to me. A lot of it was very ethereal in terms of I'm selling you an advisory service of some nature or a consultancy business whereby I just don't think... My, my dad used to use the phrase, yeah... Um, do something where you say you're actually making a shoe. I, you're, there's, there's something yeah. I, I bought this and I can physically see and, and enjoy what I've actually bought, you know, rather yeah. than some conceptual thing, which may or may not work. We, <laughs> go back to my advertising days. That's yeah. kind of amusing, isn't it? You know, so the cash. <laughs> Does it work? Well, you just got to keep on pushing the peanut and hope it dies. <laughs> With cat butlering, of course, it's something that I know. I've had cats, okay? And I also know that um, it's going to be really, it's very hard nowadays. The pandemic actually kind of drove this a bit. There's a lot, there's been an explosion of the number of people who have cats and indeed dogs and, and other furry friends, you know. So I knew that there was always going to be a demand for it, okay? And I knew that it was going to be something that my customers are going to value. And here's another link with the coffee machine thing. You know, I, I alluded to the old Frankie machines and photocopies that nobody yeah. gives, a, gives a rat's ass about. Excuse my French. They just don't. It's not, so, yeah, it's true. not something that's interesting. However, coffee machines are really emotional. And people get invested in that. You know, a bit like a company car, you know, um, it's, it's that sort of thing. And so when I used to walk in the doors of a company, there, there would be an innate amount of um, natural curiosity and interest. And, oh, what are we going to get? What are we going to get? And it was something fun, you know, and they knew that. I'm, and I always felt I'm bringing you something that you guys going to make your your day-to-day -day working life a happier experience. And that was yeah. one of the big things about the coffee machine business. That was great. Similarly, or exactly the same with, with uh, shall we call it the cat business? <laughs> the, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fact that I'm actually doing these little uh, video vignettes, um, you know, little podcasts, if you want to call it. <laughs> okay. Um, doing all that lovely stuff um, for my customers. They absolutely love it. If they yeah. have kids, they show the video to their kids of, of every evening. They love it. And it's something tangible. You can see what you're getting. You're getting this human being, the dedication, and and the commitment uh, and the passion for the, uh, look at, for the welfare of the cats and, and indeed the welfare uh, and uh, security of the home as well. And when they go away on holiday, they know they're in really safe, 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 insured hands. Yeah. So does that answer your question? Yeah, definitely. You mentioned there and, and put emphasis on it, though, insured. So why is, why is that important in your mind? Because um, for, for a lot of people, I, I think, so the, when I talk to people about the cat butler, some people go, so what is it they do? Just look after your cat. What's, you know, what, what, why would someone set up a business around that? Wouldn't they, you know, get a neighbor or, or just any random person yeah. have a telephone book, you, you know? So I understand. I'll, I mean, the, the best way to come at that question really is to, to look at the neighbor or indeed the family friend. Um, 
And the truth is, even my customers, a lot of them still do that. Okay, um, they tend to quite pick up with me when family or friends are not available. It's a high holiday season; everyone's yeah. gone. Christmas time, nobody wants to work, you know, and that sort of thing. But the problem is, if uh, I'll turn that over to you, Ed, I mean, how would you feel if uh, you, you asked your neighbor for the twentieth time <laughs> to look after your, your 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 cat, and they go in there and they're not insured, clearly, because it's not a business for them. They leave the back door open, or they leave, leave a window open, and yeah. you're burglar, burglarized. What are you going to do? Yeah. No, that's a question. Answer the question, please. What are you going to do? Me? Not a clue. Uh, I'll check my home insurance yeah. first and see what that says. But yeah, it's difficult, isn't yeah. it? You well, can't. Well, well, they, clearly, they are not insured individuals. You know, yeah. uh, we hold insurance for this very reason. Now, <clears throat> it also means that uh, our minds are highly focused as professionals and we do make it, it's habitual and sort of like instinctive and it's kind of written into. Um, the cat sitting, you know, schedule sheet, you know, um, check doors, check windows, check for funny smells like electrical faults or things like that. Funny noises is the boiler up the spout and all the rest of it. So you have two aspects. You, you have the cat and you have the home, you know, and, the, and, and if, if through your own fault, if you do something to that home or you leave it in, in a way whereby it can be burglarized or, uh, a fire happens or something like that because and it was on your watch the customer will know that um, and it's nothing personal <laughs> they, they, they can go to you and you have you have the insurance to pay for it to pay for yeah. the reparations that require that, that may well be required um, and indeed the same with the cats if the cat dies because of something you've done you know then there is I'm not going to talk about numbers but there is um uh What's the word for it? There, there's a there's a pot of money to 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 as comp, uh, recompense for, for lack of a better word for that. Um, and, but in my opinion, the very nature of being insured and therefore having had the training, being police checked, which is another part of the, of the whole package and vetted, you know, and, and, and trained, you know, yeah. um, all that means that you're so much less likely to commit faux pas, you know, because you really are going through your checklist and you're doing it not just as a one-off favor for a mate next door. You're doing this at that home, which is a flat, and that home, which is a mansion, and, and every home in between. And you're and, and, and so experience comes into it. If you're professional, it means also you have a, a wealth of experience to draw upon. And if, excuse me, if the shit hits the fan, you're not going to panic. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. Been there, you you understand, and you have the insurance to to back up your decisions and to fall back upon if you need to do that. Okay, I, and the customer will know that they're going to be safeguarding that in that way. I think what I'm hearing here is that it's a lot more professional than perhaps some people might think or assume, right? Yeah. You know, it's it it's. Is. It's um, a completely different mindset to doing it for, a, a, yeah, like you say, a friend or a neighbor. Yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming, and well, actually, you've mentioned it there already. Um, there's, there's training involved, right? And that's part of what you're buying into with this franchise because that's the other there question is. people would have there in is. their mind is why not just set up on your own and rather than investing in a, 
and another um, person's idea or business model. So mm. perhaps you could talk me through what you're actually getting with the, the Cat Butler franchise. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing about it, and Sandra being the founder, of course, now she's been doing it for uh, about 15 years or so. Uh, I think the Cat Butler, as it is now, has been in existence for over 10 years. Um, yeah. And clearly any franchisee uh, that comes, and, and quite often she sends them my way, <laughs> uh, to talk to them okay and, and they do ask the question it's a fair one i mean what am i getting well the simple truth is sandra having done it for so long and she also employs about 10 11 uh butlers herself plus an administrator she's made all the mistakes <laughs> okay and yeah. she's learned from them and therefore um the training that she gives you she, she's even done medical training for paid for medical training so it, it's basic i'm not a vet but you yeah. do your own kitten, for example, you know, uh, and you know what to look out for. If you, if you think if, if a cat looks a little bit peaky, needs to go to the vet, you know, the little telltale signals. Um, but yes, so the training is there and she does that. But she's also set up um, the, the whole software package. Um, I won't name it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Trade uh, the, secrets. Yeah. <laughs> it's a complete customer account management system, which manages the, the, the customer details securely. It manages your schedule so you're no longer relying on pen and paper and hoping against hope you don't forget to visit a cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In there. And it also does invoicing and it has a massive uh, email template for any type of um, uh, situation that might arise. You can contact all your customers in one go. It is basically, it, it's just set up in a way which makes it easy for you to hit the ground running, you know, so you set up a bum like that. Plus, of course, um, back of the scenes, you know, uh, there, there's the advertising she's done. She's she's in with the cats protection uh, people with the RSPCA. Um, she sponsors catchat.org, um, and so and, and she's always going to be a wealth of advice for you. Um, she supplies um, the initial uh, marketing materials. A big run, uh, a big print run of leaflet drops right when you first go, um, even down to car logos. So you can start advertising yourself. <laughs> so if you have a will, you can go and park for two hours in the uh, in the town center and just like admire your car in the distance, <laughs> watch other people, you know, looking at it and help you know. So it, it, she's always there, and she's always she's always got great ideas. Um, she's always got great advice too. But like I said, you can't, you know take away the fact that you've got somebody like a, like a, an advisor who's been there, got the t-shirt, literally, okay, <laughs> and um, it is always on hand to advise, you know, even down to, you, you, you might get inquiries and you, you get all sorts of people, believe you and me, and yeah. you'll, see, you'll see an inquiry come through, because she gets copied in, and at least initially she'll say, ooh, Greg, I've just seen that inquiry come through to you. I wouldn't touch that with a barge ball, mate. You know, so she's there to also kind of like a little bit of a firefighting in the background. So yeah, like, that's cool. I didn't realize. And, and, and like I said, if there's ever a situation where you're unsure about it, you can always talk to her and she's done it. Now, if you did all this alone, you'd have to work it all out, for, you know, right from the beginning. You'd have to work the whole ballet law out, you know. Um, and I personally feel our visibility, the cat butler visibility, is um, when you first start out, is much bigger. The more franchisees we've got on board, um, the more visible UK-wide it becomes. You know, you Google it and, and it's going to come up, you know, and, and you as a new franchisee will always benefit from that visibility. Um, so, I mean, does that help? Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, um, 
it's interesting to hear you say say all those things that are a benefit and i think the most important thing there that i'm hearing is that there's more there's there's more there's more to it than you think in terms of setting up but also it's that the minutiae of detail right that you you won't think about when you're setting up something because because i think i think anyone feels like they could go around and sit down and 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 sit with a cat and feed them but it's the it's the background stuff isn't it the experience of checking out those emails um sort of jump in there and i think i think the way of looking at it is the fact that on this hand anyone can be a neighbor yeah and visit and if you're lucky change the litter box Anyone can do that, okay? Not many people appreciate what, what's going on here and what you really have to be doing to, to ensure everything goes off without a hitch, to ensure the welfare of the cat, to ensure, and people keep forgetting the welfare of the home. Yeah. You know, that the home could be, and I do have a number of customers. One is this lovely Georgian property in Chislehurst, a well-to-do area. Um, they have a, 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 an outbuilding, a Georgian outbuilding with a heated swimming pool and a gymnasium. He's an attorney, by the way. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a nice place. <laughs> that thing is worth, I mean, God knows what that's worth. Um, and and Lord help anyone who's just going to be a friendly neighbor and uh, screw it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? And by the way, he's an attorney. Yeah, so, exactly. So right. you, don't, you don't want to screw that up, do you? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, you, 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 really, you really do need to do this correctly. Um, yeah. you don't, I mean, the worst thing in the world for a friend is that the cat runs away on you because of something you've done or is ill and you haven't checked in properly or, uh, or, or the, the house burns down. Yeah. Um, you're not going to be friends anymore. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to put yourself into that position. Yeah. So, so the next question that I think is, is going to be fairly common is, is this a, a viable business, you know, in terms of revenue and, and you know, earning a, a salary for yourself to, to, to live on because yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess in people's minds, the value of each transaction might be not that high. And so you're going to need thousands of cats that you're looking after every week and you know, it's going to be, yeah. Is it, is it a viable model? So how long have you it's had fine. your franchise yeah. for? And don't, don't give me numbers necessarily. Um, but you know, what's it, is it something that you can do full time? Absolutely. Um, it really is. When I first started, um, like I said, it's over a year now. Um, I uh, the best way to answer that is is, is to say, you know, oh, we started, and I had my training with with Sandra, and I, I went through all the hoops, <clears throat> and we got started off. And when we started, we were smart. We started just before Christmas, and so we got a nice glut of uh, customers, uh, most of whom were still with us. As it cool. happens, you know, and they stay with it because that's the thing. When you get a customer and you, you gel and it works well together, typically they're going to stay with you. They're going to stay because they love it. Um, so repeat business is one part of, of the deal. And every time there's a holiday season, be it a half term, Easter, a Jubilee weekend, or now this year, a coronation weekend. Yeah. Uh, and summer holidays. Yes, absolutely. Every time there's something like that, people have to, um, people are going away. You're getting more and more customers you absolutely are and so your, your your customer base grows grows sometimes it feels like it's exponential and when we first started we were sitting there like saying you know what first one two years greg deaton's going to be able to handle it alone <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. really? um, and, uh, funny enough uh, uh 
Mark, you, you, you know Mark from Oxford, I, I think. Or I haven't, I haven't met him before. No. Okay, fine. Okay, Mark is uh, he's a he's um, been with us about six to eight months. Okay, he's already employing somebody. Oh wow! Already, and he's working with his wife too. So that's three people. He's only kind of just started. Yeah, wow. I'm trying to find people. You know, I put my rates up already already um, because of the climate, the but demands. I absolutely need people now i need at least two three people and this is just a little over a year in so is it viable <clears throat> yeah customers finding customers is not going to be a problem finding the amount of hours of the day to be able to cover uh, and, and provide the service um, particularly at peak times that's the problem and it's a good it's a good problem to have yeah, yeah, definitely. And, Champagne and, problems. <laughs> you know, absolutely. And year on, year out, year on, year on, year on, it's just going to get bigger. Um, one of the things Sandra does is that she has to use some tolbins, her, 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 her patch, yeah. to, to exemplify. And when we joined up, you know, she, she did do that. We looked at the numbers and she was very clear about the numbers. These are the numbers, okay? When I first started, I mean, with 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 the, with the, the cap on the originals. This is year two. This is what I got. This is year three, four, five. Six. Um, like I said, I can't say numbers. It's not fair. No, no, it's her course. business. But it was up, 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 and and, and then it like up, and, and you know those curves that start doing that. Okay? Yeah, yeah. It was like that. It has to plateau at some point because there's only a number of a certain number of households in any particular area, you know. Um, but uh, uh, it, it is like that. So finding customers is not an issue. So it's a, a, a very viable business. The second part to your question, which you haven't asked yet, which you <laughs> will. Go on, you have a guess. Oh, you go I'll, for it. But I'll do a, I'll do a quick uh, preemptive strike across your bow. So. <laughs> it is, uh, do, you need, do you need to have a bit of a backup plan initially? Financially, that is. Yeah. And I think the truth is, Yes, um, but that would be common to any new business. It's not a Cat Butler specific um, issue. It's any business. Yeah, so if that if that might take the form of savings. You know, um, you're retired. You don't have a mortgage. That's a great thing. That's always nice. You know, but if you need to actually have some um, modest, you know, income of some nature. To, to keep you ticking along as you grow the business. So you don't want it to be something whereby it takes all your time, because then of course you can't be doing, you can't be developing your your, your, your cap fund. But if it's something um, that you can draw upon, be that savings or something you're doing, you know, very flexible one, two days a week, which is just enough to keep your head above water as you build, that would be, uh, and, and that would actually be part of the big advice I would give to people when looking to set something like this up. Like I say, we're talking about cats, but this could be any franchise, in my opinion. Yeah. It's always best to have something in your back pocket that you can rely upon to see you through the troughs. Yeah, I, I, I tend to think at least six months to a year's worth. Yeah. Just, yeah, so that yeah. just just while you're in that growing phase, you've got something to rely on. You're, yeah. you're right, yeah, definitely. So, well, um, well, well, Ed, I mean, even in your own business, I, I, I would not be surprised if you turned around and said, yeah, you know what, Greg, I was doing X while I was setting up my pod, my my franchise podcast business, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, oh, hey, well, you know what? Respect. I understand that. You know, so uh, uh, there you go. Common, common to me. It happens to me as well. That's what we've done. Yeah, exactly. It makes sense. So, yeah. um, 
I'm conscious of time now, and I've got three three more questions for you. So um, rather than leave them <laughs> even by, it's been good hearing about your your kind of journey. But I'd love to find out if there is any funny, strange, or weird stories that you're happy to share oh, with us. Weird. <laughs> funny, <laughs> weird. You know what? Clearly, I've been seeing hundreds of cats of all different behavior types and all the rest of it. And uh, the funniest ones tend to be, I mean, you, you, you're always going to have the very, very affectionate cats. And that's what they are. They're yeah. just darlings. They're fun like that. Um, and they'll roll over and the tummy scratches. And that in itself is funny, I suppose. But the, the, the funniest things for me are the cats that, and you do get them, sadly, the ones that you just don't want to know. Um, you know, I mean, in, in my business, what we like to do for every single visit, we like to do a, a video. Yep. and send it on WhatsApp, okay? Um, I have a particular cat, and she knows who she is. Okay? <laughs> she listening uh, in. <laughs> who flatly refuses to engage. You know, um, I only got her one time on video properly, and that was my very first visit, and she weren't expecting it. <laughs> <laughs> her name's Belle. You can okay, Belle, okay? Um, <laughs> it was quite simple. You know, um, I got to get this video somehow, you know, and I'm sat there. But now it gets to the point whereby, you know, she's an outdoor cat. So she's got access to a cat flap. So I have to get my smartphone. I'm, I'm locked and loaded, basically. Key in the door is quiet. Possible, can I twist it like that? Swing it open. Boom, like that. <laughs> I can see the dust settling at the cat flap. Like that. I can see the arcing of a tail. You know, as a, and that is... Um, this customer gets the same video every single visit. <laughs> Just One. the back end of their cat running away. And, and, yeah. and, well, and, and seriously, we think that uh, we consider it a successful video if I can get around about three inches of tail. <laughs> Excellent. A, 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 a wing would be half a body. A loss is about the tip. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's just thinking how fast. Um, but yeah, it tends to be that it's the shire uh, more nervous cats, and you do get them that don't want to engage. I mean, I even have cats that they don't like their owners either. Um, they just, uh-huh. They're hanging around because they get their, their fee. You know what I mean? But it tends to be those situations where you you just try to box clever. Um, but then you then you also get um, there was I remember actually a recent one. You know, three cats, lovely. They're adorable uh, and they love me. Um, they're but they don't have a cat flap. So so while the customer's away, they're not to go out. You know, they're yeah. allowed to go out normally out the back. Um, but I was doing, I think I was doing their litter trace about that. I had the front door shut and all the rest of it. I thought it was shut. You know, it was, but I think there was a gust of wind and the thing pulled on the latch. And she did mention the door was a bit funny that way. And I opened up and all three got out. Oh, no. Now, luckily enough, it's one of those places where it's kind of like cul-de-sac into green. So there's no traffic or anything like that. Um, First one, okay, this is how apathetic some cats can be. The first one had gone out and stopped dead on the porch because it didn't recognize anything. I said, what, you? And it goes. Second one didn't make it past the hedge. Nice, yeah. (laughs) And didn't like it much. So got got it. Third one, now he's the big fat one. He's a bit apathetic at the best of times. And his way of escaping was just go, (laughs) and and, and I could literally, I could just walk up, you finished? <laughs> like that, that pick him up and he can, he can like give the half hard and stuff like I'm not that way falls asleep. <laughs> Amazing, yeah. Great, great, great 
<laughs> really, you, you don't don't bother with cold. It's with him. He, he would never get out of any of the time. <laughs> you get you get all sorts of funny things. I've got this cat who leaps from wardrobe to wardrobe because he didn't want to be on the floor when I'm in there. Um, yeah, they've they've got such got characters, a, haven't a little, they? Cats, I think. Yeah, I've got, they've got a little lady cat who will drink from won't touch any water unless it's in the champagne flute upstairs in the landing. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, you get, you get, yeah. You, yeah, you, 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 but you, you get all sorts. I mean, you, the, 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 the odd things tend to happen when it's a cat that's not really, uh, it, initially, he's not up for being around you. Uh, and, and the links they'll go to kind of like, you know, hide where they choose to hide. You know, I had ones hiding in a, in a double bed because that they just moved into this place. So they didn't know where the hiding places were. Three days I couldn't find them. Knew they were there. And I was videoing the... Uh, <laughs> the litter tray oh great joy um and the uh the food so yep it's been eaten yep they're pooping That's <laughs> um i eventually realized that the, the spirit but i lifted up and like put the, the the handset down there the, and I, I must have mentioned it before it got two cat size because they're black as well um and that was so i knew where they were yeah. lucky enough they all they, they come out to me now by the way you know so after a few visits even though the most timid cat they do have a habit of suddenly go, ding, you're all right now. Yeah, I like you it. bring the food. Okay, and <laughs> That's normally what it is. You bring the you're food right. and and that's yeah. it. You're on board. Oh, yeah. Food, food, food often does the talking for you. Yeah, excellent. Fantastic. So um, my, my next question um, for you is, is um, again, about kind of your career as a whole. Um, what's been oh. your proudest or most inspiring moment? No, I actually... I genuinely think in my work career as a whole, I mean, starting from way back in the Haymarket days and all the rest of it and all through the coffee machine, all the rest of it. Yeah, I might have had some great customers that I've landed in, in sales. That's kind of like where people go. They go, oh, I've landed this yeah. monumental. I, I, I cut the business with a Hyundai. I once sold a coffee machine to Sylvester Stallone, for God's sake, you know, <laughs> uh, when he was doing Demolition Man in London. You know what I mean? So... Um, am I proud of that? No, that was just funny. <laughs> but I think I think a great source of pride for me, genuinely, and and my wife as well, as it happens, um, is the fact that we took the plunge to do this. Okay, um, you, you you need to have a, a pair of balls. Sorry, I didn't say that. You're gonna cut that out. No, no, that's um, cool. <laughs> you, you, you you need you need to actually collide, you know have the faith in yourself that you can make something like this work. Basically, I don't have any safety nets anymore. I used to, I don't have a safety net, um, but I do have the will to do this. And I think that, you know, you're talking about problem. I'm proud of the fact that I've got a lot of customers now who really look at me as their go-to guy and a safe pair of hands. And it makes you feel real great. You know, yeah. that, uh, that people feel that way about you. And, Honestly, they're, they're, they're entrusting their home and they're, and they're, and in many of their circumstances, their babies with you, yeah, you know, yeah. they wouldn't do that with anyone, you know what I mean? And, and, and I'm doing it successfully and more, uh, and I hope to see more of that in the future. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's gotta be what it is. It's not a single event that you're proud of. It's, um, the actual on reflection, the whole Setup that the, the whole endeavor I, is something to be proud I, I think of. that 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 big leap though is um is important as well. It, it always looks 
that looks uh, a lot, lot, lot larger or a bigger elite, doesn't it, when you're just about to make it than once you've landed and kind of starting to run away again, you know? It's, it's scary. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it definitely is scary. If you've lived all your life as a PAYE person, you know what yeah. I mean? So you got, you got, yeah, you get, you get your paycheck. Whether the, whether the business is doing well or not, <laughs> you know, you still, you're contracted to earn this and bum, 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 and then you're going to get that no matter what. You're insulated from the realities of uh, of, of uh, business life. Yeah. Um, we are, you know, we, we 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 oscillate with what's happening with us, and we're the only people who really make it do that. Yeah, you sort of. But yeah, no. So I, I, that would be that would be the one. And biting the bullet. I mean, I, I I would say if you are, you know, organized in your mind, and if you are independently minded, and like to be, aren't afraid of some hard work and getting out there and doing it. Um, and this this would be right, and of course, you know, clearly that has to be married with your with your experience, and therefore, ergo, your love of cats, um, and also your ability um, and your, flex, your your ability to to, to be I, not all things to all people, so but but uh, you you have the type of personality that you can sort of like mold in with other people and sort of like have a, have a kind of co-sympathetic and understand. Every type of person out there, a social chameleon, I think, is yeah. is the phrase I use. But that's what I want to use. Social chameleon. You have to be a little bit like that. Um, it's, it's not great if you're very, very reserved and you know. Yeah. <laughs> I did away. You got to you got to be able to get, get you know put yourself out there a bit. You know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> fair enough. So um, fi final question then, and that's. Yeah, if you were standing in front of someone or sitting in front of somebody who's about to invest in a franchise, whether it's the Cat Butler or, or any other, and I think we've touched well, on this already a little bit, but what... I, I think I actually, that's what I said. I, I, I burst your, your bubble. <laughs> um, yeah, have, have the financial backing behind you before you engage. You know, Make sure you have something that you can rely upon to begin with. I think you, you, I think you said six months. I think that's reasonable. That's a reasonable term. Yeah, six six months to a year in my mind makes sense to, yeah. to give yourself a kind yeah. of wage. And like you say, that can be in savings or maybe it is a part-time job absolutely. or something like this. But absolutely. Yeah, just absolutely. that little safety net. Yeah, well, absolutely. And that goes for, I mean, I know you, you, you cover many types of franchises, of course, so that, that is common Yeah. to every, yeah. all of them. Every single you know? one. And that's all there is to it. And the cat mother is no different, you know. So, uh, yeah, I would absolutely say that. And it's also nice to have... If possible, another person that is not necessarily working with you, but if they're in the background to support your endeavor, because it's an emotional ride as well. Yeah, it is an emotional ride because, of course, success and failure or whatever it is is an emotional thing for everyone. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, That's a good point. If you have if you have a partner that might not necessarily be engaged in the franchise with you, but it's nice to have somebody at the end of the evening that you can talk to and a sounding board. You know, that would be another bit of advice. Doing it alone with no one. It's a bit, um, it's, it's a bit cold and soulless, and and uh, you do need to have, I think, a person that you can like, you know, um, reflect with. You know, Sandra can do that a little, but of course, she's a pro, and that's not necessarily what she's there for. You know what I mean? For the emotional, she's not there for the emotional support. So much, you know, so I would, I would say it's always good, you know, to have have a, a partner, or, you know, something that you can. That you can relate awesome. re relate these things to, and, and who can back you. Well, be sympathetic. 
that yeah. way. Awesome. Does that make sense? No, that's perfect. So, Greg, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, uh, you could... Thank you for sharing your story with us. I was like, no, it's right. So this could be a radio for them. <laughs> yeah, if if they let us have all the uh, <laughs> the balls and us. <laughs> <laughs> everyone else you said throughout it but yeah why not anyway have a good one take care you too buddy ciao ciao bye bye all right there we go so that was my conversation with gregory deaton from the cat butler based in bromley and um what a, a, an interesting guy he is um seems so passionate about everything that he he does in in life and it's really refreshing to see um, and really cool to see that he's found a business that um, quenches his need to, you know, uh, feel like he's giving something back, offering something to, to people and making their lives better um, with a product that is ultimately, um, yeah, interesting to the, to the end customer, which is pretty cool. And it's a nice kind of link between the, 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 the coffee world that he was in to now the, the the cat sitting world really interesting to see there's those similarities there but i think the piece that kind of was most relevant to people that may be looking to invest in a, a franchise business is the the fact that it's probably well it is very sensible to have some finances in place if you've not thought about this and you're thinking about you know changing careers or investing in a franchise or starting your own business it's not a bad idea to think about well what happens if it all goes wrong and um, you know, what if I'm out of work for six months, 12 months without any income, how am I going to survive? Um, having that, those finances in place, and, and I know because I've done it myself with, with this business that I've set up, um, having that safety net there, you know, call it a safety net, but the, the, the kind of salary there for uh, six months at the very least, uh, is reassuring you know it's going to run out at some point and you're going to have to work really hard so it's not a, a fail safe safety net but having that there just allows you to go into this uh go into your your new projects your new business venture with the gusto it deserves really without uh panicking and worrying all the time about whether the next pound is coming from so good advice from gregory there and um hopefully you've learned something i i certainly learned something when i and first started speaking with the, the Cat Butler franchise itself, um, massive eye-opener for me that, you know, businesses like that can be franchised and you can invest in their, their proven model. So, um, yeah, thank you very much for taking the time to, to listen and um, hopefully you enjoyed it. If you did, please, um, if you can just share this with one other person, that massively helps the podcast in terms of reaching the right people and, and helping us to grow and um, hopefully get even uh, more guests on board. Um, you can find us on all the social media channels, so you can follow there as well if you want to know when the next episode's coming out. But um, thanks, thank you very much again for listening and I hope to catch you on the next one. Bye-bye. <laughs>